Okay. Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you haven't heard, there's a big football game this weekend. Some would call it Super. We're going to preview it with Tim Ryan, veteran sportscaster and author. And I'll also ask him, which is the bigger deal to its country? The Grey Cup to Canada or Super Bowl to the U.S.? And we'll also get into the question of specialization in sports with Sport Manitoba's Janet McMahon. That's all on the podcast. There is a big football game. You may have heard. It's called the Super Bowl. It's coming up this Sunday, and joining us to talk about it is veteran sportscaster, author of On Someone Else's Nickel, A Life in Television, Sports, and Travel. That is Tim Ryan, who's back on the show now. Tim, thanks for coming on again. Pleasure to be with you, Christian, on the big Super Bowl weekend. How excited are you for the big game? (laughs) Well, I don't have a a stake in it apart from... um, a little bit of animus that I've always had against uh, Mr. Brady since the uh, deflated football time. <laughs> I, I've never been a huge fan of it since since then, uh, but I acknowledge that uh, he's still one of the all-time great quarterbacks. But I think uh, his team is going to be up against it with uh, with Kansas City and uh, and the young great star quarterback Mahomes. All right, let's get into that for just a moment. Just why? What about the Deflate Gate saga? And it was, it was a very stupid sc- scandal all around, from the NFL's sake and the way the Patriots kind of handled the whole thing. Why do you not like Brady because of that? <laughs> well, because clearly he was the guy who asked the equipment men to make that happen, and, and you know, the, the, I don't think that whole story is ever, you know, likely to surface, but. One strange thing about it is that the two equipment men had kind of disappeared from the Patriots scene immediately, and they were employees of the team. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing them, you know, living in the Cayman Islands at the expense of, uh, of uh, you know, the ownership of the Patriots. Uh, like I thought it was odd that, uh, you know, they never, they never got a, a chance to give their side of it. Uh, and it was apparent, I think, to a lot of folks that uh, they were doing what Tom told them. Yeah, it's been litigated. I, I I personally want Kansas City to win as well. I just I'm I against Tom Brady for different reasons. It's just that I'm sick of him. To be perfectly honest, I'm sick of his success. He's just been so good for so long. And uh, as someone who's a fan of the Minnesota Vikings, who's ne- they've never won anything. I uh, you know I see the success they've had, and I'm I'm more jealous and envious of it more than anything. But do you have a, an NFL team you cheer for? Yes, I do. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. And oh, no. And I'm uh, feeling uh, feeling the pain <laughs> because really, they sh- I think they should have won won the game. They had they uh, had an excellent chance, and it was uh, the the opportunity that that Aaron had to run the ball in. Uh, you probably remember the play, and he wound oh, yeah. up. You know, he kept looking for somebody Third in the end goal. zone. And yeah, and he and he's a good runner, and normally. Uh, you know, he would have gotten out of there with it was only, uh, with, I don't know, eight or nine yards. And I'm sure like a whole lot of their Packer fans were screaming at him, you know, go for it, Aaron. And uh, I was really surprised because he just sees everything so well. To me, he's he's the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen, and I can go back quite a ways. Uh, if you take all of the skills um, important to a, you know, a top quarterback, uh, uh, he's still number one to me, but I, I'm not. Uh, obviously, you can't take anything away from Brady's record. I think 
maybe categorize him as the best passer the game has ever seen. But he's not the athlete or the or the thinker and the and the attitude and the you know the um, the kind of lovable leadership that that Aaron Rodgers Rodgers has and how well he he treats the opposition. You'll see him get smacked by somebody on a sack and he'll get up and have a joke with the guy who did it. And I, I just uh, I, I just have a real great affection for for Aaron who waited very. Uh, patiently for about four years after being drafted out of the University of California for Favre to, uh, you know, finally move on. And I don't, I, I, I'd like to have seen Brett, uh, you know, treat treat him a little better than there were some incidents that I didn't, uh, you know, think were, were too great on Brett's part. But, but he was a great quarterback too, and the Packers have been lucky to have two in a row. Yeah, again, as a Vikings fan, I, I have very mixed feelings about Brett Favre because he almost got them to the first Super Bowl in my lifetime, and then he also, but then he threw the terrible <laughs> interception. We don't need to talk about him. Let's talk about uh, back to the Super Bowl because uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't, much like the Vikings, did not get to the Super Bowl this year. No, even though that's the fact of it, you're right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm curious. You worked for uh, for N- for NBC and CBS for a, a number of years. Jim Nance, Tony Romo calling the game this Sunday. Did you ever work with uh, Jim Nance? Well, you know, we were doing the same job, so uh, our paths didn't cross in that respect. We were play-by-play guys, but he did come up during my period. I was at uh, CBS for 20 years, and uh, Jim came out of uh, a local station in Salt Lake City and uh, was hired as quite a young guy at the time. And, uh, you know, he's had had a great career uh, in the time that he's been there. I think he's particularly good on golf, which is his passion. Uh, he played on the golf team in college, and um, he just you know has a real affinity for that sport. Uh, but I, I think he's a really excellent all-around play-by-play guy, and uh, um, you know I, I'm sure he'll be doing a good good job on Sunday. Now we do know that there's going to be fans in the stands in Tampa Bay. They say about twenty five thousand. It's Florida, so we'll see how many actually get in. It could be more with a lot of cardboard cutouts. Do you think that'll give Tampa Bay some kind of home field advantage, or do you think it matters? Well, I think if they have, you know, if they get twenty thousand noisy fans, uh, that certainly doesn't hurt. They're not going to be there cheering for uh, for Kansas City, um, but I don't know whether that's enough. Um, I, I think that the Chiefs are, are the better team overall. And, um, you know, the, Mahomes has got not just so much skill, but um, so much maturity and confidence in what he can make happen when things break down. That, uh, and that's not something that, that uh, Brady can do. I mean, he's not going to move out of that pocket. It's just he never was terribly good at that, and now he's a lot older. So I, I think the game's going to hinge on on Kansas City's ability to, to get to Brady because he can still throw the ball well. He's got decent, good receivers, but no superstars. I think the better guys are, you know, I'm not counting Gronkowski because they'll throw to him every time they're inside the 20. <laughs> but um, but I think, you know, with Tyreek Hill and and uh, the, the rest of the, of the very fast um, Kansas City receiving core, I, I think that edge uh, goes to uh, to the Chiefs. So you're going to pick the Chiefs to win then? Yeah, I think so. I saw it uh, just looking at uh, you know before I was going to come on with you, see what the the line is, and it's you know they're, they're like minus three. I, I I think they should be at least a touchdown favorite in in, in my mind. Wow. But you know I don't pay much attention to that. I don't bet, and I don't really pay much attention. But everybody for Super Bowl 
you know, oh, yeah. okay, who's the favorite and how much. So I, I think they're, they're at least a touchdown better, and I think they'll show it. I know that we, in the CFL, we often, and I don't think it's a good thing to do, but we often think about how it compares to the NFL and how the games are different and all that. Which do you think is more important to its country, the Grey Cup to Canada or the Super Bowl to the U.S.? Oh, boy, that's a really good question, Christian. I, You know, of course, I grew, grew up here in Canada, and, and my father was involved in Canadian football is the first manager of the Winnipeg Blue Bunners back in the early 30s, and he has three great cups to his uh, to his credit as general manager, um, two in Winnipeg and one in Montreal later on. So I kind of grew up with that feeling, and I, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't move to the U.S. until after I graduated from college. I went to college in the U.S., but came back and started my career in Toronto. So, you know, the Great Cup was our Super Bowl, and it is Canada's Super Bowl. Uh, I think there's, in some ways, there's more of a kind of traditional passion for the Grey Cup. Um, I, I, I can't quite explain that. I think it's probably got to do with the history of it, which is longer by far than the Super Bowl. And uh, and I, I think here the, the you know the fans cling to those kinds of tokens, if you will, from their uh, sports teams. I mean, the Stanley Cup being the most obvious one. Um, and uh, so I, I would that. Being pushed as you just pushed me, I'm going to say the Great Cup. I think this, you know the Super Bowl is huge event, but I don't think it carries the passion for the fans of the teams as greatly as it does here in Canada. And I think a big part of that, Tim, is probably because of the history, as you mentioned. The Great Cup is you know, more than twice as old than the Super Bowl, yeah. which is kind of this yeah. manufactured battle between two leagues that ended up morphing into one. Yeah, there so. Yeah, and I, I I will say this much: I really missed not having a Grey Cup in 2020. How about you? Well, yes, and I you know I've only been back in Canada as a resident for two years now, and I certainly was looking forward to uh, you know the Grey Cup games, and uh, so that's been a big disappointment and for me and and for everybody else who's a, a football fan. I, I must say I'm I, I I'm kind of uh, excited by the notion that uh, so many Canadians get so involved in, in the Super Bowl and the NFL season. And out here where I live in Victoria, you know, they, they're fans of the Seattle Seahawks, and so they, they, they've got two teams to cheer for when both leagues are playing. You know, they've got the Lions in Vancouver and the Seahawks, and I was quite kind of surprised at that. This is kind of a, a new thing for me to, to be back here. And, of course, I follow both leagues and always have, but uh, I was much more involved directly with the NFL because I lived in the U.S. for 50 years. So it's been kind of a kick for me, and I feel very badly for the fans of the of the league um, that couldn't possibly financially pull off what the NFL did and, uh, and the players who don't get to play, and that's going to disrupt rosters, I'm sure, for whenever the next season starts. So, uh, uh, you know, the COVID hasn't been friendly to anybody, certainly uh, including athletes. Well, I've spent a lot of time out in Victoria the last five years or so. My sister played basketball at University of Victoria and uh, thankfully graduated just before uh, all this, this uh, I guess, the pandemic happened. So thankfully she was able to finish her career. But uh, you picked a good spot to be in Canada for sure, and you picked a good spot to watch the Super Bowl from Tim Ryan, the author of On Someone Else's Nickel, at Life in Television, Sports, and Travel. Uh, appreciate the interview. Thank you for this, and uh, stay safe. 
Always a pleasure. Christian, thanks for asking me. Support Manitoba's Play More, Be More campaign launched last month focusing on the benefits young kids experience when they play multiple sports. And here now to talk about it is Janet McMahon, the interim president and CEO of Sport Manitoba. Janet, why is it important that kids play more than one sport? Well, it's an opportunity for kids to try out different things. And we really try and look at um, people's confidence in when they're kids and when they're adults. So there's lots of athletic benefits by doing learning the basic fundamental movement skills when you're young. So things like agility and balance and coordination and speed. So the more that you develop that when you're younger, you can either attribute it to multiple sports and be a better athlete, or when you're older, you'll actually keep doing uh, activities for a lifelong opportunity. Because I've heard so much about or against specialization at young ages and how that can really end up hurting kids more than helping them. Yes, and we've seen some of those experiences. There are some dangers of specializing too young, um, particularly between the ages of 6 and 12. At some point when kids decide that they really want to be, you know, go on in their sport, they may have to at least, you know, go down to one or two. But there's a lot of benefit when kids are young to play lots of sports. And not just from an athletic perspective, we see a lot of burnout. Uh, We see overuse injuries. And we also see kids not having fun anymore. Um, You know, kids tell us all the time that the reason they play in sport is to have fun and to make friends. And if they aren't with, you know, their teammates or classmates or friends, um, it's often a bit of a chore. So playing multiple sports gives them opportunities to develop skills, but also develop a whole bunch of other um, social benefits uh, along the way. How important is it then that parents understand these things? Very, very, very. I think a lot of times parents often choose what kids, what their kids participate in. And, you know, sometimes really don't go through a thoughtful process about uh, child participating in something multiple times a week. It's, it, that's just the structure that exists. So I think this is really geared at parents and highlighting the benefits of kids having multiple sport experiences. And there are skills that you gain from one sport that can end up helping you get further in another sport, right? Oh, yeah. There's endless combinations of the benefits from playing multiple sports. Um, and some of them really work well together to complement skill development for young athletes. I mean, if you're trying to uh, be faster or skater in hockey, playing soccer and participating in athletics can certainly advance speed. Um, So again, some of those fundamental combinations of movement skills are really important. And I just think, uh, going back to your point of burnout, I mean, to to do the same thing over and over again for 12 months, (laughs) even me at this age, I'm like, oh my God, do I have to do that again? Whereas if you're a kid, I mean, even... You, you, you're more inclined to just do things because they're fun. And I would imagine doing the same thing every day for 365 days a year doesn't sound all that fun. <laughs> I think you're right about that. And I think we need to think about even structured versus unstructured play and indoor and outdoor and in water, in the air, on land and on ice. Like, there's, I mean, kids like to variety and should try and have lots of experiences. Um, and that, certainly when we talk to athletes, um, we, we they say that uh, playing a certain sport for 10 months of the year does become a chore and, and loses some of the fun. So looking at how this connects with the pandemic point of 
things. Could end up being a year plus. How is this going to affect the development of young athletes, you think? Well, I think that's hard to really determine at this point, but I think there are some interesting things that we're starting to see. I mean, one thing, I think people are trying to do more outside and experience some of the, some things that they haven't maybe done um, before. Um, certainly, there's some concern around where people are certain ages or stages of development, and because of this year may not have an opportunity, particularly kids in high school that are trying to go on to university or college, um, things where there's age restrictions. Uh, so we're hopeful that maybe some of these systems and structures might uh, eliminate some of that so kids would still have the opportunity to move on. But hopefully um, we will get everyone back participating. I think people, a lot of people are looking for activities. But I think we may see some shifts as to what sports people might try after, you know, having spent a lot of time trying to be outdoor and experience outdoor activities. We may see some people gravitate to some of that rather than indoor activity in the winter. Do you think in at least some cases there will be people and kids that had the time away from their sport realized they didn't miss it and want to give something <laughs> new a try? I think so. I think, like I said, I think there will be some shifts. I mean, I think some families are very over-programmed and to go back to a five days a week and tournaments on weekends, I think some of them really did enjoy having family time on the weekends and they might choose sports that don't have such demanding schedule. Um, but I mean, again, we're all projecting. I think my hope is that kids will come back and do want to participate and are really missing this. So we'll see, you know, no matter what they choose, there's over 70 sports in this province for kids to choose from. So if they're not enjoying what they're doing, we can find them something else they will enjoy. And looking ahead to, well, no, how much can interaction have you had with organizations, parents, kids, just about how things have been going these last few months where everything's been shut down. I have a lot of contact with the provincial sport bodies and their staff. Um, I certainly have some parents that are lobbying to get sport facilities open. Um, and again, you know, we all want that to happen. There are lots of people who are very anxious. They're very concerned about the mental health of their children uh, and the opportunity for kids to socialize and develop kind of some of those social skills. So um, sport does offer those kinds of benefits and, um, you know, we're hopeful that we keep following the public health restrictions and things will open up soon. Yeah. Fingers crossed. It seems like we're heading in the right direction and things will be, well, we already know that they're looking at bringing some more outdoor recreational activities back, but I guess indoor might have to wait a little bit, but we're all eager that sooner rather than later, there'll be activities we can do together again. Exactly. A bit more patience. That's what we need. Yeah, I know. It, we're so close. It feels like we got to wait just a little bit longer. And you know, looking at the forecast this week, I'm okay with being indoors. So that's, uh, that's okay. Janet, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this and uh, stay safe. Okay. All the best. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this school.